Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Tanya. I'm Stuart. And I'm Pam. We're all property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. And this episode is continuing the conversation from last week. If you haven't listened to that episode, episode 64, you probably want to do that now. It will mean that the chat this week does make an awful lot more sense. We're about to rejoin the conversation with Pam and Tanya having just been talking about how they help and manage their angel investors. So let's jump straight back to our chat, starting with a question from Stuart. There's one burning question that I can hear people with with their earphones in their earbuds. The question they've got is, where are you getting these angels from? You know, it started off that we used to get angels from our uh, our our course that we were doing because a lot of um a lot of them they they were time poor but they had money but nowadays we sort of spread the word and nowadays well unfortunately i've got well we both got friends who have got divorced and then they've got a a lump of money they don't know what to do with or people are inheriting money and they so they come to us and they say well you know what what can i do with this money so it's it's really um it started off being property people and now it's being non-property people that um that and it's just by talking to people and and telling them what you're doing and you know non-property people are generally our angels are our friends so they know us and they they trust us because they know us they they've come to our house you know that sort of thing so that's that's basically where we're getting our angels from at the moment We've also got a Facebook group called Pam and Tanya's Deal Diaries, and we blog every day about what we do um, with regard to property. And Tanya, how many people do we have on that group? Oh, is it about 250, something like that? Is it that many? 300? So we've got a whole lot of people on, you know, about that many on the group. And um, so when when we have a deal, you know, they watch us doing all the analysis. Um, I can discuss more about analysis just now if, if, you, if you want. But, um, you know, we we blog about that. So they see, oh, the area we, we are analyzing, how we're going about finding the deals, et cetera. By the time we come to a deal, they know that we've done our homework. So um, and then we, we do put it on, on our Pam and Tanya's deal diaries saying, you know, if, we're going to start looking for investors and then people approach us like that as well. Yeah. So maybe it's having a tribe. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it was such a mental block for me, especially about finding investors, really mental, real mental block. In fact, I was sh- shivering and shaking the first time we kind of started. In fact, I think I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I mean, I really get it. Don't I, Pam? I really get it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a hurdle, a mental hurdle mostly though. We also have this mantra, which we learned from uh, our, one of our trainers, which was, if a deal's a deal, the money will come. So we put faith in that. We also, so we're very, very low key. We're, we're, we're not very, we're not bling at all. We have had investors give us 20, 30,000 pounds over a fish supper, which they paid for us for. We will sit in a hotel foyer and then just have a little chat over things, go through you know, the, the prospectus, which we've put together on just on, on a, an online facility and then print off. We, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of our investors like us as people and, and as the combination as well. So, you know, Pam will, will resonate very well with, with the analysis type people. And I resonate very well with the product, what it's going to look like, 
who are the tenants going to be that that kind of thing so i think as a because we as we've said we're, we're very yin and yang i think we resonate quite well with people and we don't want to and we're not trying to go you know we're not trying to be bling in any way we're just saying that this is property this is the and we, we talk about the nuts and bolts of property and the the ups and downs and the nightmares and the joys a lot on our blog as well so just just being yourselves and building trust is simple stuff and uh the final comment for me on that is uh, i just love that conversation when you came home and told each of your partners yeah i've just been out for dinner we've we got 20 grand <laughs> over a fish supper with with other people <laughs> yeah. you just must start to wonder what profession you were moving into <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and actually, we, we get asked this question a lot is about how do you find investors? And what I always say is um, basically, yeah, put together an investor pack, which is just all about the deal and also about yourselves, a lot about yourself. And then give it to your friends and, and not to ask for investment or anything, but just to say to them, please, can you just read this and see if it makes sense and see if there are any errors in it? And if you hand that out to a few friends, very often those friends will come back and tell you tell you what doesn't make sense. But they'll also say, oh, actually, you know, I'm interested in investing. And when we started, our, our lowest investment amount, I think, was maybe most of them gave 5,000. One, one, one lady invested 1,000 pounds. But we, we, we did that to her just to help her along her journey. But most people invested... Um, well, our minimum was £5,000. And that's not going to sort of wipe someone out if you lose that money. So a lot of people um, who are, are, are potential investors are pre prepared to risk 5000 just to see that it's going to work. And then once, once it all goes okay, then the next project, they'll invest more and more and more. And yeah, so that's what we like to we like to help other investors along as well so one of the the other big hurdles um which is a, a financial one as well um emotionally is getting going so you know we do this thing called earn whilst you learn which a lot of people are doing now but we were amongst the first in the group that we the people we know and we would just say come along for the journey you know we'd we'd walk them through through our patch you know where we were buying we we would bring them through the the, the whole purchase process um the ups and downs of that that would be mostly through our blogging but then when we actually start doing we invite people along for for um, a day trip to a shell of a property for example on a freezing cold winter's day and then we give them you know packets of sandwiches and stuff you know what i mean it's so it's so it's always very low-key and very kind of real but they get to they get to see it and, and we've seen so many starter investors get going from being an investor with us putting their money into into one of our deals seeing the process and then thinking oh yeah we can do that so we, we're very much about encouraging people to, to just get going and and on and and having little bits of money involved in a deal means you get to see a lot of what goes on and then there's other people who, who aren't interested at all that's fine but the ones who are we offer them that that extra little bit of time to 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 just get involved yeah and they would come along when we were sort of uh, like when we had the bill of works and we were um meeting on site with a builder and then they would come along and 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 follow us and just see how we were sort of talking to the builder and 
you know, just discussing because they had never done that sort of thing before. And that was really good for them as well, actually. Because we remember how scared we were even talking to the estate agent in the first place. And if everything, every, I think we've been scared at every point, really, haven't we, Pams? But we've, ma but we've managed to jolly each other along. <laughs> but we recognise that it, there's all these, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about emotional hurdles because, you know, my husband's a psychotherapist. So, you know, I recognise the, you, some, you just have to sometimes push through the, even the, sli the slightest thing, you know, picking up the phone and talking to somebody, you know, not wanting to look like an idiot or say something wrong can sometimes just stop you from even picking up the phone. So we kind of jolly people along on that kind of stuff because we've had to do it, you know, jolly ourselves along on it. Last week, Stuart and I spent a while talking about our approach to taking funding. And one of the things I mentioned in that was that I would be too reticent to take on the responsibility of holding somebody else's money is that something that you you guys ever came up against and and if so how did you get over it or, or were you just happy to take people's money however they want <laughs> you know to me we are not taking their money we are offering them an opportunity to invest so to me we are helping them and in fact our largest investor and we pay her something like about i don't know more than 400 pounds a month and honestly, she would not manage without that, that money. So she is very, very, very grateful. But the reason why I don't mind um, taking on other people's money, as you say, is because I know the deal works. And, and as well, because we are in the situation where we are at the moment, I know that if somebody wanted their money back, I would manage to find it for them, mm. even if we had to put it on a credit card or something. Um, but I know the deal works and I know it's all sort of okay. So, so no, I, I don't have sleepless nights about, about helping other people and, and giving them an income. No, I, I feel the opposite. I, I feel like grateful that they're helping us and we're helping them. No, absolutely. That's how I feel. I think that's a, a very, very good approach to it. I, I would, I worry about the responsibility of looking after someone's money. But yeah, as you say, when you when you know you're in a situation where the deal works and you have exits potentially if you need to, then then yes, you're providing a service. You're as you say, you're actually yeah. helping people. I mean, I, I know that I know that I my my money mind has changed a lot, but and I was very, very reticent. That was part of my shivering and shaking um <laughs> the first time. But I also know I heavily rely on Pam for that for the confidence as far as that's concerned and i also think that we're we are incredibly we don't like taking risks so our deals so we've we haven't you know in seven years we've got seven properties and yes we were uh, you know our time was divided you know with various other things that we were doing in our lives so you know we could blame that but i also think that we only want to get people involved in deals that we think are really going to work where the where the demand at the time of purchase is very good where the we know the property you know when we've done the work will go up by a certain value where, where, where we feel incredibly confident and that we would if we if we had the kind of money that we need for the deal that we would put our money into it and because ultimately we are going to take on the responsibility of the mortgage and paying these people back so part of it is self-preservation, but part of it is we don't ever want to sour a relationship with with any investor. And and when things don't happen, the timing maybe goes off a little bit or something like that. You know, we because we've got such good relationships and they know that we we are 
true to our word, people will give us a little bit of expansion of time or, you know, you can, we can have conversations with everyone because because they've been on a journey with us. They, you know, we've, we've, we've built a really good relationship with everybody. So the trust element is really there, but it also then, you know, for us, unless a deal, unless a deal is really a deal, then, you know, we're not prepared to take on the responsibility for our, for ourselves, but also for someone, someone else. So, um, you know, whereas there's, there are some, and even that, that goes down to even the percentage rate we're offering. So if the deal, we would offer more if we thought that it wasn't going to risk the deal, put more risk on the deal. So I know we know a lot of people who will offer a lot more money, a lot more of a percentage. So 12 percent on on a on money put in, for example. But we won't do that because we think that that stretches the deal, puts too much pressure on the deal and adds adds risk to it. And I mean, if, if, if a deal did could could take that, then we, we would probably offer more because we you know, there, there'd be more for us as well. But we really worried about the kind of percentages people some people do offer on deals which are just similar similar to ours and we're sitting there thinking god they're really stretching themselves there you know what I mean does that make sense yeah yeah and and can I just say something you know I've got um four kids and and they've gone through university so when uh, or some are still at university so the student loan will pay for their well, the maintenance loan, it either pays for the accommodation or it pays for the living expenses, but it's not enough for both. So what I do is I invest money in other people's deals and that interest pays my for my children's um, un- uh, university accommodation. And I feel so great that I have helped these other people by investing in their deals and they have funded my children's university accommodation. So it hasn't been earned income it's been invested income that's paying that off and for me that's also a win-win situation from the other point of view from the investor point of view which is great yeah so yeah i'm quite happy to do that yeah we like to know why people are investing with us what what the what they're going to do with the money as well so i i remember a friend of mine as well she was she wanted an art studio and so she invested some money that she'd inherited from her when her father passed away and she, um, in order to pay for her studio space, she invested with us for a year and a half, two years, and it paid for the studio space. So, you know, people are they're earmarking this extra bit of money for things. And, and it's lovely to know that for us. That's kind of, kind of floats our boat, doesn't it, Pam? Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it does. Very much so. I would be interested to try and circle back to location again, because you... You got as far in the story as choosing or knowing that a suburb of Nottingham is where you were wanting to go. Mm. But we kind of got distracted at that point. And I'd be interested to know how you narrowed it down from there, because that's still a, an enormous number of potential options and areas to to invest in. And yeah, how did you then narrow it down to one house? <laughs> well, so, so generally what we do, okay, we we try and find uh, we try and find an an up and coming area. So um, what I do is I go on Google um, Google Advanced Search if you um, and and then I put in the newspaper name. So I, I look up I look up the local newspaper of the area. So say it's Nottingham Times or something. I don't know what it's called. And then you can put in an exact phrase which is um, like jobs. 
and then you you use that Google advanced search to search and and then you make sure you you look what comes up and and you see if um if it's an up and coming area you know if it says oh um oldie or little are making a, a you know new shops in that area then then you know it's up and coming you look and see um phrases like oh 10 million pounds has been uh, pledged for that area that and those are the sort of phrases you're looking for and just to see that these big employers are about to make jobs there uh, at the moment when you look at a lot of places it says how all the jobs are being cut but you know that's what that's what i do is, is i uh, that's one of the things i do is look on google advanced search and see that and one of the other things that, about this particular area is that that um, it's earmarked for HS2 to go through as well, isn't it, Pam? Mm. And and there's a hub that's being built nearby. Um, so that yeah, so it's it's all those kind of development potentials where an influx of people are going to be brought at some point, even if it's not then. It at some point it will be brought. Yeah. And then, and then totally um, what we do is we phone a few lettings agents. So basically you want one in, if you've got a town, you want one in the north, one in the south, one in the west, and one in the east. And you phone them, if whatever your strategy is, HMOs. So you ask them how many properties they manage, where they think are good and bad areas. And those, um, those lettings agents are just worth their weight in gold, you know, because, because when you find a property, then you go to, them, if you, I mean, if you found it on right move, and you say, "What do you think of the property in this road? How much would the rooms rent out for?" And they know exactly because they they kind of think, "Well, you're going to give them your business," and so they they really will tell you exactly what's what. Another thing I do is I go on on right move, and I just sort of mark this city centre of a an area, and then. Um, I, I, I search on, on the map of, of Google Maps for, for houses for sale, three bedrooms, three bedroom, only three bedrooms within a three mile radius. Um, so you get loads and loads of houses, but then you, you put the maximum price at lower and lower and lower until you have got quite a low price. So, um, um, you know, say it's a hundred thousand and those very, very low priced houses are probably not the most desirable areas. And that's how I figure out which are better areas and worst areas. So I don't want to invest in in those sort of areas. It, it, I mean, it's not perfect, but it just gives you an idea. If you just um, come to a new area and you just have no idea where to start, that's the sort of thing we do. So for lettings agents do our own research by looking, you know, where are not so nice areas. And of course, you know, I'd also print, uh, print out a map and mark where's the hospital and the university and the all the big employers. And if there's an Article 4 area, I mark that on the map as well, just so I've got it all in front of me. Um, and you just whittle it down and down and down. But yeah, and we, we basically ask the, the lettings agents. And yeah. That's how we go about it. And then there's the shoe leather bit where we, we have to go and see things. So um, when we were th first thinking, we did... We did we, we abandoned but started a massive search uh, to go to all sorts of different areas, anything that was in the right in the right kind of ballpark on the price and that kind of stuff or something that was big that could be changed and converted. And, and we went to lots of areas around Nottingham and 
you know, just to see, because, you know, postcodes can kind of cover quite, sometimes cover quite an area, can't they? Quite a, a big swathe around a, round, round a city or something. So, and then you just kind of whittle it down until, and, and that's, and Long Eaton, you know, near the supermarket, near the, near the tra train station, near the, you know, where, what do people want around them? So, you know, for, for ease of living, you know, if, are, are they going to be, car owners are they or are they going to be commuting in by into to nottingham by town by by train you know also where where we we've, we've invested we've also near a an airport as well and so we've actually got you know because we're quite good at working with we've got quite good at working with with airport workers because of crawley and gatwick that we we've actually had some some crew and some you know ground staff and everything from from west midlands East Midlands, West Midlands, East Midlands, East, East Midlands <laughs> Airport. <laughs> I'm in the West Midlands, and um, that and uh, yeah. So it's it's we 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 look for amenities and also whether something looks like it's going to be up and coming. So we walked around Long Eaton Town Centre. Now, if you do that at the moment during COVID, it's quite a desolate place. But it looked at the time it looked like it was on the turn in in a good way. So it looked very that parts of it were very old fashioned, fuddy duddy kind of shops for for um the elderly effectively and then but then you'd have these kind of funky tattoo parlors being kind of starting up or really nice cafes or um in fact the fish and chip su supper was done at uh, an award-winning fish and chip shop that had had sprung up there was a very nice zhuzhi looking meat specialist restaurant in the town as well so that so it was like those little up-and-coming bits so it wasn't quite there, but it's starting to be there. So there's things that are going to potentially add value to the house or the properties as time goes on as well. Yeah, I think uh, what I just want to underscore for, for people as well is is the you, you mentioned the shoe leather, which I think is incredibly important, certainly my experience anyway. And of course, a lot of that you can do virtually now with uh, Google street view and and that kind of thing but that, that that came into really sharp focus for me once when i was looking researching some properties and i found a house which just looked really good but the price was just too good to be true and fortunately for me i was visiting the area at that time and when i walked to the property if you look at the property it was a stunning old victorian property but what you couldn't see in the photo was that about 10 yards away from it they'd completely demolished an old uh, cinema which had just become sort of like a desolate piece of land that, and, and there were no plans to do anything with. And if you hadn't known that area, now, of course, you can use letting agents, estate agents and, you know, Google Maps street viewers have said, but that shoe leather thing, just for even getting that sense that you've talked about, just knowing the area is, is incredibly important, isn't it, for, for knowing and getting a feel for a place. Yeah, and getting the feel for whether it's going down or going up. And and actually, that so the yin and yang of me, me and Pam, sometimes it's the feel of, things that I I'll pick up and, and 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 Pam relies on me to kind of go oh, so this is a bit you know or it's all oh, look this there's this happening and there's that happening there because uh, Pam's incredible at the just uh, you know I, I was silent whilst Pam was talking about a lot of the analysis stuff wasn't I because that, that isn't my forte <laughs> but she'll present that to me <laughs> and then we'll you know then I'll add into it with the you know how does somewhere feel what kind of uh, age of some of these properties have they got potential how how have they got potential to split so there's there's always this kind of overlapping and discussion and you know feeding in to the whole 
decision making about about what we're going to buy next really and picking up on what tanya says it is just so great to work with another person because when you're doing it alone it's you know you, you don't have it all you've only got one side of it so i really would recommend always to try and work with somebody else mm. Um, because because yeah it just has huge huge benefits and and things that you just cannot see yourself so yeah it very much works well for us like that and especially somebody who's got very very different skills because um, I did attempt to work with somebody who had who fundamentally we we had the, too many of our skills were the same and it didn't work but but also I think our value structure was was very different and I think for Pam and I for being such different people you'd think it wouldn't necessarily work but because we've got such similar values that that's actually and, and as soon as we because I've been trying to work with someone else for over a year as soon as Pam and I started working together but and, and you you were the same as well weren't you Pam you were trying to work trying to work with your your husband effectively but you are the two of you are actually similar in a lot a lot of ways and um and it, as, as soon as we started the yin and the yang started working we, we were buying our first property in a few months Sp speaking of just a few months i'm curious how much not not how much not how many hours you put into it but what was the duration of this research and narrowing down to nottingham and then narrowing down to a suburb and then a specific place and and just a smaller area that you then chose to buy and how, how long did all of that take for for me it's constant it's, it's what I do every single day I am always listening out for people saying oh you know my my boyfriend lives in this place and then I'll go and do a little bit of research I it, it's just for me like like breathing it's a constant way of life so I can't tell you how long that that took to um to get that but I uh, I don't know. I, we we actually heard about that uh, Amazon warehouse that they they were building, mm. and uh, Tanya, we did a few trips up there. I think, didn't we? Yeah, we took we we dragged Nick and Phil up there as well, didn't we? Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's having extra eyes and and actually making it fun, kind of making it into a you know we hired an Airbnb and you know cooked dinner for everybody and you know we made it into a kind of you know and and they're property people. If we if we dragged our husbands up, they would. So Nick and Phil are our um, property husbands, and our real husbands <laughs> would, would not be interested in this one in, in any way, shape, or form. So we that kind of the, the process we try and make it as fun as possible because it gets fraught. For, for us, the worst bit is the end of a refurb, isn't it, Pam? It's it gets really fraught then. And if it, if we're going to have an argument, it's going to be then. But most of the time, we we jolly along really, really well. And it's it yeah it's so the type I don't know I mean at the moment we're looking at areas aren't we so we've still got Long Eaton as a potential but when we see something where there's going to be something big is going to happen somewhere so where some a big chunk of of government money or funding is going to go in somewhere we start looking at that and especially if it's near you know we're, so at the moment we're 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 definitely looking at the Midlands the Midlands is our is 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 what we're looking for we're 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 on pause last year um pam was buying a property actually with um getting some another one of our friends on board from buying their first property um and that's in long eaton so you've been buying that i was moving house and there was covid and all sorts of things so this year we're waiting for 
the world to wake up to the fact that they're actually nobody actually has any money or they're about to be made redundant and things like that so we, we know that which is that sounds horrible because i you know that there's going to be a lot of pain but we know when there's a lot of pain that that's actually a very good kind of time to help people who need to sell sell to somebody and we want to be the people they they, they sell to so we're we're revving ourselves up for for areas at the moment aren't we really i'm i'm, I'm looking very local to where i i live i've moved to but equally i'm very local to all sorts of places like birmingham like wolverhampton liverpool's an hour away from me now so the 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 shoe leather bit we might be able to do more virtually you know me, me going there you know our system might change so so Pam being three three hours away or two and a half hours away, but me just being an hour away from a lot of these places, you know, we can you and we, we're so kind of au fait with the, the virtual technology now. A lot of that can be done together, but not necessarily physically together, especially when COVID's still going to be floating around a bit. And what's your maximum? What's your sort of what 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 sort of time or distance wouldn't you go past or or, or isn't there one? <laughs> what do you reckon, Pam? Two to three hours, I think, is probably our max. Two or three hours. But if we found a brilliant deal somewhere else, you know, we'd go for it. Um, but, but Stuart, I agree with you that um, nothing can beat actually walking, uh, walking the streets. Mm. But um, I will only go to a place once I've analysed it. So I know that my time walking the streets is not going to be wasted. That I know Absolutely. that the deals work, you know, in that area or potentially do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we are like Tanya will will just like say all these places like Wolverhampton, Birmingham, and then I'll go and do all the analysis yeah. about it. I'll find properties with potential. Yeah. That's that. My thing is yeah. like, God, that 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 looks like there should be money in it. There's you know that should you know that have we? Got, oh, and it's going to be close to X, Y, and Z. But then Pam will will really burrow down yeah. into into the details. One of the hardest things at the moment, I think, is analysing demand demand is just i uh, just think it's, it's it's one of the things that really holds us back at the moment isn't it very with with crawley demand was absolutely obvious but because now over the period of you know seven years there's a lot more hmos everywhere and and councils are, are really kind of making things tightening things up a lot more um once you once you add in you know over demand or un, sorry under demand for the amount of properties that are already available the fact that hmos have exploded all over the place it's you know that, that that's a strategy that is getting harder and harder to actually make work on, on paper and if it's not working on paper you know you can in the best will in the world everyone can find a nice big house to, to split up and put put more people in but if the demand's not there then there's no point doing it and, and as we know demand fluctuates and things so this might change around again but at the moment, there's especially in Crawley, there's there's definitely under under demand for the amount of properties that are there that are HMOs. So one, so our 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 strategy is changing a bit as far as what what we want to buy, and we actually really want to. I, I I've got to go. My 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 specification from Pam is to go and find us a block of flats or property that will split into flats where the demand is is right and the the uh, remortgage at remortgage once we put the work into it that it's, it's going to be correct as well so that's that's what we're doing at the moment isn't it Pam we're kind of looking at areas but also looking at a different strategy not HMO yeah yeah because I think HMO is sort of had its time and while there, there are still a few opportunities for us you know we've been there done that we'd prefer to move on to something else now 
Uh, interesting, you mentioned blocks of flats. That's something that interests me as well. And I've, I was recently looking at a, a block of flats that's up for auction in Red Hill, actually. But it, it looks like it's um, it looks like it would be a challenge. Mm. So, yeah. But also another thing that I was listening to a webinar the other day, and they were saying because you know how normally you you try and buy as close to public transport as possible, and they were saying people are looking up to forty miles away from a train station, and that is really quite a game changer because especially if you're working remotely, you know it it kind of. As long as you've got good internet, it doesn't matter. And I thought, gosh, you know, I would never entertain even looking that far away. So it was interesting to see other people's ideas now is that they are looking so far away. Yeah, I mean, one of my criteria is within a mile or two of, of a train station. I mean, not necessarily a major one, but mm. still a train station. So, yeah, that's a long way off. Yeah, I mean, 40, 40 miles. If it's 40 miles away from a train station, then from my experience, having just moved rural, I know what, so, you know, so, so for example, there's a, a lovely town 25 miles away from me, but that I know is going to take me an hour and 10 minutes to get to when you're rural. Whereas where we used to live to get to Brighton is 50, 50 miles and that, that would take an hour, you know? So if you're, if, if they're that far away, I mean, people aren't necessarily, I think people aren't necessarily thinking straight at the moment. No, I think um, some of these developments might not necessarily be long term, but I think the point that's been raised for me is that you have to know your market because a lot of us in the property world focus on the property, we focus on the deal, we focus on the investment, and we forget that we have customers at the end of it, which we call tenants. And so, for example, I'm just finishing a property now where it, it's on a bus route and typically the the customers, the tenants for this property will be nurses, doctors within a vicinity where they where they know they're on a bus link. So, so that might be important for others that might be more professional based. They might only go into the office now one one in five days. That might change. So, yet infrastructure might not be as important as it once was. But that's why I think it's even more important to do your research about who is this property going to be for. Who do I want to serve? Yeah. And then you can just determine whether or not you need to be on top of a train station or, or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, who is it going to serve, not just now, but for exit strategies and other strategies? How, how could it serve people in other, in, in other types of strategies that aren't necessarily great now? What could it be in the future? Um, and I think that's one of the key things that we also learned from our training, wasn't it, Pam? Because we go through this whole, you know, so this is your property, so today it's going to be an HMO, but what if HMOs stop being the thing? You know, okay, it could be a nursing home. Okay, it could be a a, a charity safe house. Okay, it could be, you know, what you could think of all sorts of things. You know, okay, you're buying something that's semi-commercial now. What could it be in the future? And so you, it's it's knowing that there's lots of other options available, but which option are you going to go down for the moment, and what could it morph into? So and and actually having having the skills to morph as well, especially, this, I mean, this last year has been such an interesting process for Pam and I um, with a change, a forced change of tenant type. Mm. Forced on them, they, you know, a lot of our tenants are still the same tenants that we took on, you know, pre-COVID, but and that, but their their type has changed because they were professional and now they're, they're on universal credit. And being able to you know, we've learnt, we don't know much about universal credit, but we now know where to send them so as they can get 
hold of somebody to to help them through the process but also being going back yeah. to being very circumspect as well the way pam manages the income from properties has absolutely saved our bacon this year it's it it was learnt through our training but it's been managed and instigated by pam and we haven't for example had to take on a we, we haven't had any mortgage holidays i mean we've we've got a lot of of tenants in debt to us for 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 rents that they haven't been able to pay but also she's been um, you know she's been amazing at kind of like funding us through some of the this these kind of things and together we've managed the tenants um and tried you know if if a communication has broken down on one side it's been picked up on the other side or together we've kind of managed all the we've we've we talk about crawley that there's been a bit of a psychosis going on in crawley with i mean we've just had you know we never ever had any kind of dealings with the police for example and suddenly we've been you know each of our houses except for one i think has had the police being called in we've had all sorts of horrible things going on with tenants people you know losing their parents people we we've had some covid scares within the house so there's been so we've also had to be do this kind of you know a lot of health and safety management so and if we did, had to do that together if we hadn't had been together you know even albeit via zoom and stuff even when we were only 20 minutes away from each other you know we, our working practice changed completely as well but i suppose there's two learnings there one is working with with somebody you really trust is fabulous and also working with somebody whose whose skill set and the, and if the two of you have got the same kind of mindset as far as you know we don't want to let anybody down we won't let anybody down so Tanya, I, I think with you, we, I think we've we've learned a lot of different practices, and and like you, I, I've now learned a lot more about universal credit than I ever thought I was going to need. And it, it's obviously unfortunate to to hear the, the stories that you've talked about as well, because that's not not something we want to get involved with when we take on property. But it's important for people to know that these are the things that that, that will likely come to your door if if you are managing properties. And I, I know we're, we're running short on time on this episode as well. But the only other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, just re, re, respond to, because it was quite important when you talked about uh, you know, circumventing mortgage payment holidays. And that was something I was adamant about as well, despite what the headline news was from banks saying it wouldn't impact your credit and X, Y and Z. Not that my not that I have a distrust in banks, but the I, I was quite adamant about that, that I wouldn't my business wouldn't take the holidays and we would do what we could. And, and like you, I did have tenants not paying rent. Yeah. But just as a as a call out for people listening to this, because what happened was, and we, we have an episode on this, but I did have a bounce back loan during that period of time and looked at a, more, a new mortgage with a, a company. And uh, I think I might have mentioned the company at the time. I can't remember it now. But they did actually respond and said, because I'd had a bounce back loan, that they wouldn't consider me for for the for the for the mortgage so that led me to believe that our assertion was absolutely right that if we take a mortgage payment holidays given our model of of remortgaging and refinancing that could have left us in a in a whole heap of uh, hot water so yeah. it's it's an important one to call out absolutely and i, I had similar um, because i was buying a house as well and they questioned the bounce back as well um they did give us the mortgage um we were only asking for a very small mortgage on our our, our my personal home 
Um, but yeah, they've, they've definitely asked questions. And I even on my business bank account, they've asked questions about, you know, how I'm funding things now I'm here. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that, I, we, that's exactly what we felt, wasn't it, Pam, that the, 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 the mortgage holidays were not going to be free. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're going to try and draw this to a close on a, a not quite so happy note. Yeah, but, you know, we, we get through them. But we are quite out <laughs> of time. God, do, do you have something happy to finish with? Yeah, we've survived. We've survived a very, very difficult year. Um, we're still paying ourselves. We're still getting an income, aren't we, Pam? Yeah. And um, you know, we haven't had. We've had lots of lots of bumps in the road, but now as the bumps surface, we just pull together and don't panic quite so much. <laughs> and you are looking forward to finding new investments and new locations and, yeah. and things. So there's there's and- lots of positivity in, in your actual actions as well. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and and it's not a straight road, you know. It's it's got bumps along the way, and we just persevere and persistence pays off so yeah absolutely we will include any any links you you want us to and things in the show notes so people should have a look look there if they want to find out more about you and uh, and some of the things that you do but is there anything in particular you'd like to to shout out um while we're, while we're recording to point people to or how they might find you or get in contact with you if you if you want people to do such things <laughs> yes absolutely so we have a monthly property meet, which is now open to the whole world because it used to be, it, it's still called Crawley Property Meet. But actually, everything we talk about is is not purely about Crawley, it's property in general. So and we have that's all gone online since kind of March, April last year. And the next one is the 16th of February. And we've got Susanna Cole coming to, to talk at that. And we've also got the 16th of March where we've got Amy Rollinson who is coming to talk we also we're we're planning an eviction specialist to come and talk to us as well probably in april or may so yeah so it's all things property and we also have you know a, when we when we're all together when we're, when we're online we're also we're having a laugh but when we're all together in the room we really have a laugh so um you know it's we just can't wait to be able to to, to have it live again um and pam do you want to talk about pam and tanya's deal diaries uh, yeah, so so we have a, a Facebook group called Pam and Tanya's Deal Diaries, and if you're interested in in joining it, just um, look it up. Pam ampersand Tanya T A N I A Tanya's Deal Diaries, and we'll, um, we'll include links in the show notes so people can look there as well. Okay, and and if you request to join, then we'll add you. And it's it's just got a a true to life report of what we do all day every day, just to say that um, just so people can see that a. A property investor's life is not just lying on a beach, <laughs> you know, drinking martinis at all. <laughs> yeah, it's the reality of it. So, yeah, people can see it all. Yeah. And we started it because people were beginning to feel that they were failing because they weren't floating, floating around and, and doing, you know, property stuff was, was quite, they were finding it hard and they were thinking they must be doing something wrong. And we, we're kind of here to just be the, the, the reality check and um of what it really is, is like so you're not doing it wrong if you're having bumps in the ro- road it's perfectly normal bumps are there for a reason i uh, i shall add that i am a am a fan of uh, both your quality property meets and your your regular postings to facebook although i am now largely off facebook so unfortunately i'm miss, missing out on those so you, you need to start up some other way of sharing sharing that information so i can, can start listening or, or reading again i should say <laughs> 
So what what are you on now if you're not um, going on Facebook? What, LinkedIn or? No, I'm trying to be non-social networked. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's um, an approach to try and cope with the world these days and lockdowns and, and yeah. changing patterns of time availability and stuff. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I still read email. <laughs> we'll email you our posts then. <laughs> you should you should start up start up a, a newsletter that, that'd yeah, be good yeah yeah because you, you've got that much time in your day if you could just start handwriting letters <laughs> and posting <laughs> it out to your subscriber base oh, i'll go and, <laughs> i'll go and find a local goose to give me the quill <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant yeah I've, I've got visions of you now running around your local pond <laughs> trying to get that we've got a river that runs goose. down the down down the hill there's a river, the River Perry. I'm sure there might there'll, there'll be a, the occasional wandering goose there. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, just uh, just uh, from my side, I just want to say thank you to the both of you for joining us uh, on the last couple of episodes. It's been really good to be able to share your experience and learnings for for everyone. So, uh, big thank you for that. Yeah, no pleasure. Thank you for asking us to join you. Yeah, brilliant. It's lovely. Yeah, it's been nice. It's nice talking about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very welcome and thank you very much for for sharing so much information on such a wide range of of property topics as well there's, there's an awful lot of brilliant nuggets in there that, that I, I think people will, will enjoy listening to so yes thank you again and as we've reached the the end of uh this recording and and some episodes probably <laughs> um it just remains for me to say thank you very much to everyone who's who's been listening Please do leave us a, a rating or review in your, your podcatcher of choice, if you can. And show notes and links for lots of things we've talked about, and particularly the things that Pam and Tanya are, are doing, can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week.